The following program is rated PG for implied sexual situations, language, and depictions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Continuing our third season of Outstanding Audio Dramas, this is Pulp Puri Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Inspired by the best pulp in the world, welcome to Pulp Puri Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Tonight, Miami Impulse by Pete Lutz. Get your bags ready because pretty soon we'll be hopping on a southbound train to a tropical paradise. Sun, salt air, lovely beaches, and beautiful, cheerful, dark-skinned people await us. Not to mention deceit, espionage, and murder. Our play for tonight is an original which I wrote especially for our current season. It's called Miami Impulse, which, in case you were asking, gives you the answer to which tropical paradise we're visiting. And we'll get started on our journey right after this brief word. Stay tuned. You're listening to Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. This portion of Pulpery Theater is brought to you by Ranchers Insurance. Here at the University of Ranchers, it's our job to help you understand your insurance and to help you find the gaps in your coverage. For example, you may think you're covered for this... Welcome to your new home! Oh! When you're actually only covered for this. Welcome to your new hovel. Oh. Or you may think you're covered for this. I'm going upstairs to my room! When you're really only covered for this. I'm going upstairs to my room! Talk to ranchers and see what gaps could be hiding in your insurance. We are ranchers. Bum, 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 bum. Welcome back to Pulpery Theater and Miami Impulse by Pete Lutz, starring the Narada Radio Company. Our story begins in 1959 in one of the smaller suburbs of Chicago one that has only sporadic commuter rail service on weekends. Over on Biscardi Street, there's a neat little house, and that's where Lou Drake and his wife, Erica, have lived since they got married about three years ago. Lou and Erica were happy enough when they first married, but Lou's long-standing dissatisfaction with his job has overlapped onto their marriage. He works in the city as sales director for WYDT Radio, 1055 on your AM dial. It's not the best paying job in the world. Even though he works hard, 
and it certainly isn't what Lou had planned on for a career. Erica, dark, pretty and bright, isn't your typical 1950s housefrau. She's got a number of hobbies that keep her busy away from the house. Let's meet the Drakes now. It's a Sunday afternoon, and Lou is listening to the game on the radio in the den, when Erica walks in with an unexpected guest. Dodgers and the Chicago Cubs opening up a big stand here at Ebbets Field tonight and over at Jersey City tomorrow night. Don Drysdale will do the pitching for Brooklyn tomorrow Brett evening. Brett Stone? What are you doing ball, here? I haven't seen you since my wedding day. Erica, you remember Brett, don't you? Sure. We I... went to City College together, and what times we had. <laughs> so what brings you out to the sticks, Brett? Well, old pal. I just wanted to stop in before I left the area for good. I'm off to New York tomorrow. New job, new life, you know? New York? Wow, well, I'll be damned. Good for you, buddy. You always talked about going to the Big Apple when we were in school. Good job? The best. I'll tell you more about it someday. I'll give you a ring when I get there. We'll have a good long chinwag. What? You mean this is it? You're here and gone like that. Why don't you stay for dinner? Erica's got a roast, I think. You know this town, Lou. It's Sunday. The last train to Chai is in... about an hour. I can't miss it or I'll be stuck. And I have a hotel reservation already. No, no. I wouldn't dream of it. I haven't laid eyes on you in three years. And you come in for 30 seconds and then you're gone forever? No, sir, no, sir. You stay for dinner and I'll drive you into the city, straight to your hotel. Are you sure? I mean... I'm sure. Erica, you don't mind, eh? Set one more place for my old classmate and pal and I'll drive you into town. Lou, that would have you coming back home so late. I don't... Well, then I'll spend the night myself so I can just get up in the morning and go to work. You don't mind if I share the room with you, do you, Brett? Well, well, I guess. Then it's settled. Excellent. Let me fix you a drink and dinner will be ready soon. Right, honey? Yes. <laughs> dinner will be ready soon. You're really going in style. I've been in one of the meeting halls here, but I've never stayed in one of the rooms. This is a nice Stone. treat. Brett Stone, I have a reservation. Yes, Mr. Stone. Will you sign the register, please? Wait, Brett. Hmm? What? I can't let you sign that. Let me foot the bill tonight. Lou? Are you sure? For old time's sake. Call it a going away present, huh? All right. Thanks. That's really nice of you. Ah, uh, taint nothing. Hand that pen over. Holy cow! What a room! Nice, eh? More nice, Brett. Feel that bed. A guy could get used to this. Yep. Got a smoke, Lou? Sure. Here you go. And matches. 
Thanks, pal. I was going to buy a pack tonight when I got to your train station. Keep that. I've got another. Yeah? Thanks again. <sighs> oh, wow. You're right about these beds. This is like heaven. <sighs> I'm dead tired. Really? I was hoping we could go out for a few drinks. Don't let me stop you. I'm going to finish the smoke right here in this bed. And get 40 winks. Will you do me a big favor, Lou? Sure. What? Oh, I left my briefcase in the car. Will you make sure to bring it upstairs with you when you come back later? I don't want it left out there, all right. Important papers in there, huh? <sighs> Trade tickets. Information about the new job. Stuff like that. Will you? Sure, buddy. Sure. You get some rest. I'm headed out. I work here in the city, but don't get many opportunities like this, you know. See you later. With this little melody, everyone I greet, show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago and it's going right through my head. Wherever I may roam, on land or sea or foam, you can always hear me singing this song. Show me the way to go home. Well, that was a fun time, Lou, old kid, old kid. You shut that place down, boy. Now, what was I going to do? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go to the car and get Brett's briefcase and take it back to my old pal, old pal at the Palmer House. Room 509. Where's the car? Oh, there it is up ahead. Hello, old car, old car. You got something for me? Yep. Where's my car keys? Pocket. Here you are. Now, what am I after? Briefcase. Chet's briefcase. I mean, Brett's briefcase. Briefcase. Yep. Gotcha. Where's hotel? Around the corner. Brett's probably sleeping. Better be quiet. What's that? Sirens? Oh damn it, that's not good. I'm gonna wake up Brett. What's going on, Chief? There a fire or something? Right boy, eh? Figure that out all by yourself. Ah. Yeah, there's a fire. Are you staying here? Yeah, I'm in room. Well, I'm sorry, but you won't be able to get in for a while. Fire was in one room. Looks like a guest fell asleep while smoking in bed. Guy by the name of Drake. Lou Drake.
laughing friends deride Tears I cannot hide So I smile and say When a lovely flame dies Smoke gets in your They think it's me. Well, what are you gonna do, Lou, old boy? You've been walking the streets for hours. People are gonna think you're crazy if you keep talking to yourself like this. Huh. Here's my car. I must have circled back to it without thinking. Might as well get in, eh? Hands all sweaty from carrying Brett's briefcase all this time. I guess I'll take a look inside. In a little while. But first, get a hold of yourself, Lou boy. An idea popped into your head about an hour ago, and you just can't let go of it, can you? And you've got everything you need right here in this briefcase, don't you? So you know what you have to do, don't you? <sighs> yes, I do. This is my chance to make a new life for myself. To lose myself in a big city where no one will know the difference. Erica won't miss me. We haven't been happy for ages. She'll mourn me for a while, but, but then she'll be eager to get on with her own life as well. So, I'll do it. I'm off to New York tomorrow as Brett Stone. Okay, let's see what's inside Brett's case. Pity his overnight bag is up in the hotel room. We always were about the same size and build. I could have taken his clothes as well. Ugh! Don't be an ass, Drake! Brett was your friend and you need to... What the hell? What's this? A ticket for the Pennsylvania Railroad South Wind Train to Miami? What the hell? Here's the timetable and... Oh, let's see. A letter from the hotel in Miami? Confirming his reservation paid in advance for two weeks? Now why would my old friend lie to me? Why did Brett say he was going to New York? I guess he had his reasons. What a way to go. Burned up in a bed. No. I, I'll think about that later. First things first. I can't be seen in this car. I'll have to abandon it here. So when they find it, it'll still be around the corner from the Palmer house. I'll get a bed overnight in another place. There has to be some place cash only that won't ask questions. And catch a cab to Union Station in the morning. For the south wind to Miami. Trunken bags is already placed inside. My trunken? Oh, of course, my trunken bags. Uh, this is nice. Thank you, Porter. Here, take this. Thank you, sir. Just let me know if you need anything, all right? I'll be back in a few hours to turn down your bed. Club calls right down that way if you want anything to eat or drink. 
Uh, if you'll excuse me now, sir. Yes, thanks. Welcome to the club car, sir. Would you like a table or are you joining us at the bar? Table, please. Yes, sir. We're a little crowded right now. Would you mind sharing with another passenger? No, that's fine. Right over here, please, sir. Miss, do you mind if this gentleman shares the table with you? No, I don't mind a bit. Won't you sit down, Mr... Dre... Uh, stone. Breadstone. Call me, um, Brett. My name is Isela Lopez. I'm very pleased to meet you, Brett. Something to drink, sir? Well, uh, what are you drinking? Uh, Isela? A mojito. It is very good. I'll have what the lady's having. Very good, sir. Thank you for the suggestion. I've never had a... Mojito. Mojito before? <laughs> it has been a favorite drink in Cuba for many years. It has rum, sugar cane, lime juice, sparkling water, and spearmint. Sounds delicious. Yes, and it's also good for you. Oh yes, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Truly, did you ever hear of the explorer Sir Francis Drake? Yes? Well, he gave this drink to his sailors to prevent the scurvy. Do you think it's possible to get scurvy on a train? Anything's possible. And here is your mojito, so drink up, Brett. A toast to the prevention of scurvy. <laughs> to the prevention of the scurvy. <laughs> about you. Here I've been talking about myself for an hour, but I don't know anything about you. What is a beautiful woman like you doing, traveling alone to Miami? Ah, but I was not intending to travel alone, Brett. I was expecting a friend to travel with me, but ah, he was detained. Well, too bad for your friend, but pretty darn good for me. <laughs> Do you live in Chicago or Miami? I was visiting Chicago for a few days, but I make my home in Miami. Perhaps you would uh, like to see me again once you get settled. Do you have to ask? Senorita Isela, nothing would please me more. Now let's have another mojito apiece before the bar closes. What do you say? Café, senor? Coffee? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, see. Coffee. And I'll look at the menu a few minutes. Si, senor. Come on. Brett? 
Brad, did you not hear me? <laughs> oh, Isella, hello, good morning. What are you doing here? I live not too far away, and I often dine at this cafe. I am so happy to meet you this morning, Brett. But I was calling you from across the street, and you did not hear me? Oh, I... uh, well, I... Your mind must have been elsewhere, no? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, it was. I was sitting here, gazing out at this beautiful neighborhood on this gorgeous day, and wishing I could be spending it with the delightful senorita I'd met on the train. Oh, you certainly know how to flatter a girl, Brett. Gracias, senor. And now, won't you join me for some breakfast? Allow me. Thank you again, Brett. So, how are you enjoying my beautiful city of Miami? Well, I haven't seen much of it yet. The concierge at my hotel is putting together some brochures for me, and I might do a little sightseeing later today. But what I've seen so far, I like very much. Oh, you flatter me again. Are you staying close by? Yes, I'm right across the street. Uh, that's my room, right up there on the fourth floor. I should like it very much, Brett, if you showed me your hotel room. Uh, now? Now. Check! We'll return to Miami Impulse by Pete Lutz after this brief word. You're listening to Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. He has inside jokes with complete strangers. His cereal would never dare to go soggy even in milk. Jimmy Hoffa came out of hiding just to attend one of his parties. The Loch Ness Monster reports sightings of him. He is the most intriguing man on earth. I don't always drink beer, but if I did, I would drink the shit out of Black Hound of Hades Lager. That shit is good, Holmes! Black Hound of Hades Lager and New Beige Hound of Hades Light Lager with 25% fewer calories. Say Thursday, my friends. Yo! What the f*** that means? Welcome back to Miami Impulse, tonight's installment of Pulpery Theater. When we left off, Lou Drake, who has adopted the identity of his dead friend, Brett Stone, was getting better acquainted with the very lovely Cuban-American Isela Lopez. 
Let's join them in Lou's, or rather Brett's, hotel room, shall we? Oh, don't worry. They're finished. Wow, I'll say. Isela, you're unlike any woman I've ever been with before. You're so, so... Passionate, my darling? Passionate, yes, exactly. Mm, such is the way of all my people, mi amor. Uh, see, I feel so marvelous now. Will you light me a cigarette? Sure, I'll have one myself. I've got a pack in my briefcase. Wait... Here we go. For you, senorita. Gracias, senor. You know, Brett, I was just looking at your briefcase as you fetched the cigarettes. So that's what you were staring at. I thought... <laughs> oh, silly man. No, seriously, your briefcase looks quite worn. It is pretty beat up, isn't it? I've been thinking about getting a new one. Oh, no, you must not. No, I meant only that you should take it to a shop I know of. To have the leather restained. My friend who owns it will make your case look as good as new. You think so? Certainly. In Cuba, everybody knows how to make things last, because no one has very much. You will see. I will write down the address for you, all right? And now I must get dressed and go. Must you? So soon? Brett, my sweet. You are a beautiful lover, but I have many errands to run today. Let us meet this evening for dinner. I will ring you here at seven. Will you sip me, darling? to me Oh my dear I'm so lonely Hurry back Hurry back Oh my love Hurry back I am yours Return out again, Mr. Stone? Yes, I'm taking my briefcase to a leather shop that's been recommended to me, but I wanted to do a little sightseeing beforehand. Are there any cabs that will take me to Miami Beach? Yes, sir. It's a beautiful day for the beach, too. See the doorman outside, and we'll whistle up a taxi for you. Man, oh man, I know I'm not in Chicago anymore. Miami Beach, what a place. So this is the Cadillac Hotel, eh? Nice. What is that delicious aroma? I need to get me some of- Senor. Huh? Oh, where did you come from? Uh, may I help you? Give me your bag, senor. 
What? My briefcase? Don't be ridiculous. There's nothing in it. Nothing that would be of value to you. Give me your bag, senor. Easy there, pal. There's no need for that knife. No, senor. I will not use the knife if you give me the bag. There's nothing in it, I tell you. Get back. Get away from me. I won't. Hey. Hey. Get o- over here. Police. Help. Help. <laughs> Jesus, talk about luck. Oh, damn, just look at my hand. Shaky like a leaf. Forget about sightseeing. Forget about the repair shop. I better get myself back to the hotel. Nothing like this has ever happened to me before. Estella? Hi. It's, uh, Brett. I know we were planning to have dinner together tonight, but something happened to me today, and I'm just a wreck. Brett? What happened? Tell me. Well, I was walking down Collins Street in Miami Beach this afternoon, and some guy with a knife tried to rob me. I swear, it would have skewered me if the cops hadn't been driving by at the time. Oh, my darling, how terrible for you. Was he after your briefcase? Did you speak to the police after the attack? No, the patrol car chased the guy down the block, and I just hopped into the nearest cab and came back to the hotel. I've only been back a few minutes, but will you forgive me, Isela, if I beg off tonight? Of course, Brett. After such a frightening experience, I do not blame you. Get some rest, and I will see you tomorrow. Good night. (sighs) For hours now, something's been nagging at the back of my brain. But it's only just now coming clear. That thug didn't ask for my wallet or my watch, just my briefcase. It's as if he knew there was something inside it, so that was his only focus. But what? I've already been through it. I didn't lie to the guy, there's nothing really of value in it. But, but I'll take another look. Pen, pencil, notebook, appointment book, checkbook. I really ought to burn that. I have no idea what his signature. Hmm. Railway timetables. A little bottle of men's cologne. 47-11. Hmm. Never heard of it. Okay. Anything else? <clears throat> well, that's it. But feels heavy still and a little off balance. Aha! I found something. A little zipper tab hidden in a crease of leather. Let's see if it'll go. And... 
Yes! Brett Stone, what have you hidden? Oh. My. God. Good evening, Mr. Stone. Um, yes, good evening. Uh, say, I, I wonder if I could get an item locked up in the hotel safe? Certainly, sir. Is this it? The bundle tied up in newspaper? Yes. Very well, sir. Step this way. It won't take a moment. Thank you. Yes. Oh. 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 Oh, Brett. Oh. Oh. Yes, Brett. Oh. What the hell? You. You're the guy who tried to mug me at Miami Beach. Brett, who are these men? Shh. Shh. Take it easy, Isella. This gentleman tried to snatch my briefcase the other day, and I guess this other one is here to help him do it again. Si, senor. Give me the briefcase, por favor. It's over there. Take it and get out. Not so quick, senor. We look inside it first, okay? A lot of good that'll do. There's nothing in there but pens and some scrap paper. You're only wasting your time. I am frightened. Do not speak to them this way. Oh, but you see, senor, it is my time to be wasting. Now, do not make any sudden motions, or my friend will have to shoot you. It's all right, Isela. They won't hurt us. I'll... Where is it? Where's the money? Money? What money? There was supposed to be $150,000 in this case. $150,000! Where is it, Senor Stone? A hundred and... Screw you! I don't know anything about any money. And how do you know my name all of a sudden? Brett! Brett, they will kill us if you don't tell them where the money is. See, si, the senorita is correct, Senor Stone. Do you now see the very sharp knife my friend is holding to her lovely throat? He will not think two times about shedding her blood, yes? You animals! If you hurt her in any way! <laughs> what will you do, senor? We will kill you first! A bullet to the brain, perhaps? And then we shall have our fun with the senorita. But none of this will be necessary if you tell me where the money is hidden. I keep telling you I don't know anything about any money. And I choose not to believe you, senor. I will... Very well, senor Stone. We shall go for now, but we will be back. And you had better have the money to give us. to give those men the money? Were you happy to see me sliced up by that bruto? What are you talking about? 
You mean you believe that guy and his story about 150 grand hidden in my briefcase? Is it true? Is it? No! Now please, Isela, calm down. And no, I... I am frightened to death. I am going home where I will be safe. And you need to think twice, Brett. Good night. <sighs> Whoops! Disculpame, senorita. Uh, Mr. Stone, is everything all right? We received a report of screams coming from your room. Yes, somebody broke in and threatened us, but I... Oh, no. Were you or your friend injured? No, I... They made a mistake. Wrong room. They left right away. Would you like me to call the police? No, no, that won't be necessary. I will need the door lock fixed, though. Certainly, Mr. Stone. Meantime, let's move you into another room, all right? This will be fully repaired by tomorrow. Yes? What is it? I have a message for Mr. Stone, sir. A telephone call just came in. Here, I've written it down. Thank you. (sighs) I'm a little shaken right now. Can you tell me? Oh, yes, sir. Mrs. Stone says she was delayed in Chicago for a few days, but she's finally booked a flight and will be here in two days. What? What did you say? Mrs. Stone? Yes, sir. Your wife. What's this? Lou Drake's dead pal, Brett Stone, has a wife out there somewhere? And she's coming to visit in two days? Obviously, this is a surprise to you and me. But think how poor Lou feels. We'll find out exactly how in Act 3, after this brief word. You're listening to Pulpery Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. My moderate to severe nostril inflammation was always a social embarrassment. Even if I draped a napkin across my nose during an attack, the other restaurant patrons knew that it was huge, red, and swollen. That's when my doctor told me about Nuvenast. Nuvenast is a topical ointment prescribed for patients with moderate to severe nostril inflammation caused by hay fever, post-nasal drip, or psychosomatic pregnancy. Take Nuvenast only before an attack of inflammation, as the temptation to apply it over your entire giant nose may be moderate to severe. Side effects may include falling over, falling down, falling sideways, and loss of balance. The vapor emitted from Nuvenast may be harmful if inhaled. Users are cautioned to avoid breathing when using this product. Women who are pregnant, men who are thinking about getting a woman pregnant, or children who were born due to pregnancy should not consider taking Nuvenast. I'm enjoying the moderate to severe social freedom of a much smaller nose thanks to Nuvenast. Ask your doctor if Nuvenast is right for you. If you're having trouble affording Nuvenast, the Actigra Corporation has a program in place to help you get a high-interest payday loan to assist you in purchasing your first dose. 
Hiya neighbors, it's Harlan Happy Endig, again for Happy Endig Spa and Massage Emporium. You know friends, for 20 years I've been taking pride in providing a vital service to the Tri-County area. They call me Happy, because I'm happy to bring you our quality services, all designed to make you feel so comfortable. Choose from one of our varied team of highly skilled and nearly licensed therapists who have perfected natural body treatment techniques from across the globe, from Sweden to Korea to Thailand. Relax and let the hands of our staff get a grip on your throbbing muscles, providing stimulation by stretching, stroking and gliding your overworked flesh to release the pressures of everyday life. Let us grip your tightness and soothe you, stroking away your worries and delivering discharge to all your stress. An experience with our sauna, hot tub, or body massage will revitalize you by pumping the tension right out of your body for an extra charge. And in this month's special, take aim at a free facial after every massage. Once you have experienced our service, it'll be hard for you not to think of coming on back. Because remember, at Happy Endings, the goal of our spa is not only to make you want to come, but make you want to come again and again. That's Happy Endings Spa and Massage Emporium on Road 30 West by the airport. Welcome back to Miami Impulse by Pete Lutz. Tonight's episode of Pulpourri Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Right at the end of Act Two, Lou Drake, posing as his deceased friend, Brett Stone, has just received a shock equal to the accidental death of his old classmate. There's a Mrs. Stone, and she's on her way down to Miami to meet up with him, or rather, the man she thinks is still alive, her husband. Stunned, Afraid, confused, and completely at a loss as to what he should do next, Lou turns to the only person he feels he can trust in Miami, Isela Lopez. But her reaction to his confession isn't exactly what he's expecting. is so damn funny. Oh, 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 mi amor, you are such a silly fool. I have known since the day we met on the train that you are not Brett Stone. You what? You, you've known? But how? How? Do you remember on the train when I told you that I had hoped a friend would be joining me? That friend was Brett Stone. But all you'd have had to do was blow the whistle on me and the jig would have been up. Why didn't you say anything? My darling Brett. No. What is your real name? Lou Drake. Brett and I were old friends from college. And what happened, Lou, to your old friend that you took his place? He died in a hotel fire in Chicago, and they thought his body was mine. Ah, so, está muerto. He is dead. 
That is sad. I liked him very much. But you asked me a question, yes? Why did I not blow the whistle on you? It is simple, my darling. If you were now Brett Stone, you must now be doing Brett's business. And my business was to retrieve the money he stole from my employer. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars. If Brett had been carrying it when he died, then it stood to reason that you must have it now. I assumed he had hidden it in his attaché case, which is... Which is... Which is why you encouraged me to take it to your so-called friend at the repair shop. Yes, if that stupid fool had not tried to mug you at Miami Beach, I would have the money and you would be sitting in your hotel room wondering where your dearest Isela had disappeared to. Well, why didn't you try something like that? You could have just stuck a gun in my face and stolen the briefcase. Not that there's ever been anything inside worth stealing. The thugs who accosted us last night also work for the man who employs me, but they are not hired for their imagination. For them, violence is the answer. For me, mi amor, I prefer the pleasure of the seduction of my quarry. And I was pleased to learn that you are a more than adequate lover. Thanks. Who is this man you work for? He is the most powerful drug dealer in Miami, my darling Lou. And he wants what was stolen from him. Please, mi amor, give me the money. But I told you, Isela, I don't have it. I don't know anything about any money. Do not lie to me. I will kill you where you stand if you lie to me. I'm not lying. I've been through all of Brett's luggage, and I have searched his briefcase with a fine-tooth comb. There's no money anywhere. I want to believe you, Lou. We have had fun together. I would hate to have you spoil those memories with lies. Believe me, didn't I come to you with the news that Brett's wife was coming in two days? Well, technically, tomorrow? Hmm. Brett's wife. I did not know he had one. Do you know her? No, I'm in the same boat as you. The fact that he was married came as a complete shock to me. I wonder if this was part of his plan. What? Shh! I am thinking. You swear to me that you do not have the money? Yes. Perhaps his wife is bringing it with her. Yes, that must be it. Quickly, listen to me. Here is what you must do. You must have her come here to the hotel so there is no unpleasant scene at the airport. In this way... International Airport, Northwest Airlines Terminal. May I help you? Good morning. This is Brett Stone. Uh, My wife will be arriving on the flight from Chicago in a little while. I'm unable to meet her flight, and I'd like someone to contact her when the plane lands and ask her to take a taxi directly to our hotel. Will you be able to arrange that? Of course, sir. That won't be any problem at all. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Goodbye. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. All right. It's done. 
She'll be told to come here from the airport. Good. And since we have a little while to wait, why don't we relax and enjoy ourselves? Enjoy ourselves? I don't see how we can do that with your big friend over there in the corner. Carlos, he is harmless unless he's ordered to do something. Come here and sit next to me, my sweet. We have some lovely Cuban rum, beautiful limes and ice, and bottles of Coca-Cola. So I shall make us all the Cuba Libre, eh? Light me a cigarette, Lou, and I shall prepare the drinks. I can't understand what's keeping her. The flight landed nearly 40 minutes ago. I... It is she. Wait one moment. Carlos and I shall wait on the other side of the door. All right. Erica? Brett! Darling! Thank you, boy. I've got it from here. What was that strange message at the airport, darling? Why didn't you want to meet me there? I... I... Be, because... I... Because, Senora Stone, your husband did not wish to create a noisy scene at Miami International. Brett, what is going on here? I... Let us drop the pretense, shall we? I know that you are not Mrs. Stone, because this man is not Brett Stone. So, my dear, who are you? Isela, this is my... my real wife, Erica. Erica Drake. What? You're... <laughs> oh, 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 this is why people should not marry. <laughs> I'm glad you find this so funny. Just what do you and your big friend want from me? Erica, I can't believe that you and Brett were... Shut up, Lou, darling. Now is not the time to discuss this. Not when two Cubans are holding guns on us. What? No, no. Let us discuss it, my friends. How interesting it is that my dearest Lou was expecting the wife of his dead friend, and in walks his own wife. I love the way life works, don't you? But now, to business. If you were planning to meet Brett Stone here this whole time, Senora Drake, you must have known that he had stolen a large sum of money from my employer. Lou has sworn to me that he does not know about it, and a search of his belongings has not been fruitful. So I wonder, did Brett arrange for you to bring it with you? How large a sum of money are we talking here? $150,000. <laughs> Holy cow, that's a lot of money. I don't have that much on me, but let me look in my purse. No! Keep your hands where... Isela? ¿Por qué hiciste eso? Erica! You shot them? You shot both of them! And why not? 
they wouldn't have hesitated to shoot either one of us. Not that big one, especially. But you... I can't get... Why... Why do you have a gun in the first place? And yes, we need to talk about this thing. You... You, you and... Brett? What are you doing? I'm putting my gun in the hand of this big fellow. We'll tell the police that they were quarreling and that he shot her, then shot himself in remorse. But I... And wipe that stupid look off your face, Lou. Because if anyone heard those silent shots, the police will be on their way. <sighs> okay. Ask me. I'll tell you as quickly as I can. Okay. Uh, how long have you and Brett... A year or so. I sought him out. We were lovers, yes, but before that, we were business partners. Business partners? Yes. For a few years, Brett was a mule for the same Cuban drug lord your ex-girlfriend Azella worked for. He'd fly to Havana on some pretense, pick up a shipment, and hide it in his luggage. A handsome, self-confident man like Brett would never be suspected of carrying heroin or cocaine into the United States, so he was very successful. He would deliver the drugs to Chicago and collect the money, and then bring it to the big boss. Then he got involved with me, and I eventually changed his mind about that last bit. You had him steal 150 grand from a Cuban drug lord? Why? This money was to be used to buy more heroin and cocaine, which, when cut and resold, would bring us ten times that amount. Yes, but for what? Why would you want all that money? It's not for me, Lou, but for the cause. The Cuban cause. There's a revolution coming in that country, and it needs money. What? Erica, I, I don't understand. You're my wife. I just... You fool. Don't you realize yet that our marriage was just a front? A sham? My name isn't Erica. It's Nadia. Our wedding ceremony was performed by an actor hired to play the role of a minister. I pretended to marry you because you work for a major radio station in a big city, and it was thought that I might gather information from you. <sighs> but what nobody anticipated was how tedious it is being married to you. Could anyone blame me for finding another man? Now wait a second. No, you wait. We don't have time for your silly hurt feelings now. Brett came over to see you that day to plant an idea in your head about New York. After a while, I was going to leave you and meet up with Brett and leave a note for you telling you we were in New York together. Of course, we would have been in Miami and you would have been looking for us in New York. <laughs> Brett and I joked one time that you'd probably wouldn't even bother to look for us. You'd just crawl into a hole and feel sorry for yourself. Hey, now! But I never would have suspected you capable of a deception like this. Stealing Brett's identity and coming down here with the money? I have to admit, you impressed me. But that brings us back to the topic of the money. You're talking about money at a time like this? I'm still trying to wrap my head around the idea that your name is Nadia and that you were having an affair with my best friend from college. <sighs> and a revolution in Cuba? I never heard of anything like that. Who's backing it? Drug dealers? Ridiculous. No, darling, not drug dealers, the Soviets. We think it'll be very handy to have a bastion of communism a scant 200 miles from the United States. Oh, by the way, 
I would have been here sooner, but because you were dead, darling, I was working on collecting your life insurance. You had an accidental death policy. Did you know that? The insurance company was very sympathetic, you know. Cut me a check very quickly, considering. So, combined with the money that Brett stole, I will have a very tidy sum to help finance our glorious Cuban revolution. <laughs> so now, my dear husband, I shall ask you again. Where is the money? This is unbelievable. My own wife, a lousy Russian spy. Well, listen, even if there was this money everybody keeps trying to get, there's absolutely no way I'd give it up to the commies. I'm a patriotic American, sweetie, and I'd rather go to jail for pretending to be Brett Stone and defrauding the insurance company than help finance your stinking revolution. Lou, it would be no trouble for me at all to shoot you with your lady friend's gun and then put it back in her hand and claim that she shot you. In fact, it would make my story more plausible. I know you won't do that. In fact, I'm going to call the cops right now and confess everything. Operator? Operator! Lou, put down that phone. Operator! Don't point that thing at me. You're bluffing. You wouldn't shoot your own husband. Lou, I'll give you one last chance. Yes, hello. Operator, I need you to call the police. Let's take a short break, and we'll return with the thrilling conclusion of Pete Letts' play Miami Impulse on Pulpourri Theatre. It's time to introduce a new special feature here on Pulpourri Theatre, and so we welcome you to The Hobby House, hosted by Grover Bear Rasmussen, who will be chatting with folks who have unusual and interesting hobbies. And now, folks, here's Grover Bear Rasmussen. Thank you, Tommy. I'm very happy to be here. And let's get to our guest for tonight, okay? <clears throat> our guest for tonight is a lifetime collector of snow globes. In fact, she's been collecting them since the tender age of six. And she's... Oh, uh... I know it's not polite to ask, but... That's perfectly all right, young man. I'm 73 years young, as I like to say. <laughs> and that voice you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, was our guest for the evening, Miss Norma June Frick, who lives in Big Legs, Idaho. And where is that, Miss Frick? Oh, just call me Norma June, honey. Everybody does. Big Legs is at the tippy top of the skinny part of Idaho. Um, isn't that referred to as the panhandle of Idaho? Well, that's what some call it, but I don't. Idaho makes a pretty stupid-looking pan, don't it? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be caught dead with a pan shaped like Idaho in my kitchen, young man. Well, I guess you got a point there, Norma June. And I think it's time we got to talking about your collection of snow globes. 
Like I said at the top of the show, you've been collecting since you were six. And since you're 73 now, you've logged a record 67 years of collecting. That's right, Sonny. I got my first globe for my sixth birthday. And ever since then, I'd get them on birthdays, Christmas, Valentine's Day. And after I was married, my dear departed husband, Conroy Quentin Frick, would give me one every year on our wedding anniversary. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't realize you were a widow, Norma June. Oh, I ain't a widow, young man. I always say my dear departed husband on account of he up and departed without a trace in 1961. <laughs> oh, I... Uh, That's right. It was on the day John F. Kennedy was inaugurated. I heard him say something disparaging about JFK as he stormed out the door. I thought he was a going out for cigarettes or beer, but he never came back. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Norma June. I... No, that's all right, Sonny. But, uh, well, he sure was a handsome man. <laughs> Your husband? No, John F. Kennedy. <laughs> I still get warm as toast at the thought of that man. <laughs> so why don't we talk about your snow globes? No, Conroy, he wasn't what you'd call a handsome man. Built like a, a fire plug, he was, with a pointy head to boot. <laughs> it was so hard to buy him hats. Oh, now look, here's a picture of me from that year, 1961. That was snapped at the beach in San Diego, wasn't I something? Conroy was just getting out of the Navy at the time. You want to talk about snow globes? <laughs> look at them. They stood up all by themselves back then. Conroy couldn't get enough of them. I ask myself all the time, with a chassis like mine, whatever made him run off? Yes, they're really, uh, uh impressive. <laughs> Why, thank you, sweetie. You ain't so bad yourself. If I wasn't stuck in this wheelchair, I'd ask you to go for a walk down by the lake. Uh, that's where I always took all my men. <laughs> and a few curious women, I'm not ashamed to say. <laughs> uh, folks, I'm afraid we've run out of time, and we won't be able to speak to Ms. Norma June Frick about her huge, uh, <laughs> snow globe collection tonight. I'm sorry. Uh, Tommy? Right you are, Grover. That's a pity we won't be able to hear more from Miss Frick, just when things were getting good, too. Join us next time for another installment of The Hobby House with Grover Bear Rasmussen. Welcome back to Pulpourri Theater, starring the Narada Radio Company. Well, we've had a few surprises in our program tonight, haven't we? For one thing, we've learned that a bored Chicago housewife is actually a cold-blooded Russian killer. And for another, we've learned that her marriage vows mean nothing to her. <laughs> As we join our story again, Erica Drake, whose name is actually Nadia Vostok, but who is currently masquerading as Mrs. Erica Stone, is sitting in the hotel lobby, just finishing up her very fanciful statement to the Miami police. Why? Why? Why did this happen? 
my husband. Who were those people? I'm sorry for your trouble, ma'am. We think they were involved with a local drug kingpin, ma'am. But what they wanted with your husband is anyone's guess. Do you want a glass of water? No, officer. I'll be alright. Do you need me for anything else? Not at the moment, ma'am. Are you going to stay in the hotel? After this? No, I couldn't stay here. I think I'll try to find a hotel room closer to the airport so I can fly back to Chicago. Will I be free to go home tomorrow? I believe so, ma'am. Would you like a policewoman to drive you? No. Thank you. I'll get there myself. Thank you, officer. You've been very kind. It's my pleasure, Mrs. Stone, ma'am. Good day. Goodbye. Mrs. Stone, I understand you're not going to stay with us. I'm so terribly sorry for your loss and for the horrible things that happened in your husband's room. Thank you. Will you call a taxi for me, please? Of course. Oh, Mrs. Stone, I almost forgot. A few days ago, your husband had us lock up a parcel in the hotel safe. Would you like to have it? What What did you say? A parcel in the safe? Why, yes, I would like to have it. I would like that very much. You have been listening to Miami Impulse, the eighth episode of Pulpery Theater's third season, starring the Narada Radio Company. Featured in the cast, in order of appearance, Dana Gonzalez as Lou Drake, Jessica Matthews as Erica Drake, Kevin Schuster as Brett Stone, George Hatfield as Hotel Clerk Number One, Skeeter Ullman as the Firefighter, Pete Lutz as the Railroad Porter, Teddy Giggy as the Train Waiter, John Valadez as the restaurant waiter. Diana Tejoyos as Isela Lopez. Juan Perez as the Cuban thug. Micah Blaine as the hotel manager. Jordan Brewster as hotel clerk number two. Lisa Espinosa as the airline employee. And Andreas Elizondo II as the police officer. Your announcer was Lisa Ayala. Tonight's play was written in August 2015, exclusively for Pulpery Theater by our producer and director, Mr. Pete Lutz. And now, here's Pete to tell you about our next episode. Next time, we return to the world of the macabre when we present an adaptation of a short story by David H. Keller entitled Tiger Cat. You remember the old adage, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned? Well, it's taken to new heights. Um, actually new lows. (laughs) You'll see what I mean next time on Pulpery Theater. Until then, this is Pete Lutz reminding you to call me if your situation changes 
and to keep your ears clean. Our special features cast consisted of the following players. Pete Lutz and Kendra Womack in the Rancher's Insurance Spot, Omar Lopez in the Black Hound of Hades Lager Spot, Katie Lofton and Derek Lutz in the Nuvenast Spot, Derek Lutz as Harlan Happy Endig, and Ross Bernhardt as Tommy, Peter Howard as Grover Bear Rasmussen, and Jim Baldridge Garst as Norma June Frick in the Hobby House Sketch. All special features and commercials are written by Pete Lutz, with the exception of the Happy Endings Massage and Spa commercial, which was written by Mark Hackler. Our episode theme was The Cage, composed and performed by Dane Russell Leonardson, used by permission. Special period music included Chicago, That Toddle in Town by Fred Fisher, Show Me the Way They Go Home by Frank Crummett, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes by Dinah Washington, Tea for Two Cha-Cha by the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, Tamba and Maria Belen Chacon by Ernesto Lecona y su Orquestra Cubana, Dream Lover by Bobby Darren, Return to Me by Dean Martin, Searchin' by the Coasters, Similo and El Cumbanchero by Desi Arnaz, Money by Barrett Strong, and There Goes My Baby by The Drifters. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. The Pulpery Theater theme was composed and performed by Rich Wentworth, opening announcements by Gene Lutz and Rich Wentworth. Special thanks to Misha Stanton of the Ars Paradoxica audio drama for his technical assistance. The preceding production was sourced from materials in the public domain, except where indicated. The audio play script and the production itself are original works and are the property of their creator, and thus protected by copyright. Remember, Pulp Puri Theater is your source for the best in audio drama. This has been a 63 Audio Production.